WGS Humanities podcast, Well Spoken, where we discuss all humanity topics from English to philosophy. I am Sophia and I'm here with Lucy, Fiona, Katrina, Faber, Zena. And today's topic is Animal Farm. Katrina, could you please give us a synopsis of Animal Farm by George Orwell? Animal Farm is a book by George Orwell. It uh, addresses uh, topical issues such as communism and the corruption of power within naive structures. This one is topically on a farm. So in Animal Farm, Old Major, a prize-winning boar, gathers all the animals of Manor Farm for a meeting, in which he tells them of a dream he has where animals live together with no humans to control or suppress them. They are enthusiastic, and three days later, Snowball, Napoleon, and Squealer, three young pigs, formulate his principles into a philosophy called animalism. They manage to overthrow Mr. Jones in a battle and dedicate themselves to achieving Major's dream renaming it Animal Farm. At first, Animal Farm is successful, and they manage to defeat Mr. Jones again when he comes back. However, the pigs begin to have disagreements over power and influence, and eventually Napoleon sends the dogs, he's so-called trained, on Snowball and assumes leadership of the entire farm. He calls off all meetings with animals and ends up exploiting them just as Mr. Jones did. The novel ends with the pigs behaving and even dressing like humans, Ultimately, they turned into the exact thing that they were trying to get rid of in the first place. So, Zaina, what do you think is the overarching theme of the novel? Well, the overarching theme of the novel is memory and knowledge, or the lack of it for the animals. It gives the pigs sort of power over the other animals. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree, because, as you said, the, def- the animals definitely lack memory and therefore the only knowledge that they have is what the pigs give them because they can't remember anything else and so the pigs can control exactly what they know and what they don't know and that of course then controls their opinions over both the pigs and other people uh, other animals sorry um and i mean you also see this mirrored many times throughout history where people in power who want to keep this power take control of news papers or like other news outlets because if you control what the people know you can control what they think and also the way that you use language can also really really change the perception of of I don't know a concept or a person or a leader yeah absolutely I mean I think with the COVID pandemic in itself I think um with the entire Dominic Cummings scandal where people were saying how he broke COVID rules and how it's unfair that those in power get to kind of just flaunt flaunt it, is that word? Remove or break the rules, whereas normal people or us, the general population, don't have that ability. So yeah, I think that's definitely a point within the novel that we see in real life. Going further with the COVID-19, not to veer off topic completely, but... Of course, the newspapers had control of the information that we saw and the statistics that we saw and how they were presented. And even just simply how they were presented changed how people viewed the pandemic. And that, of course, can be linked back to how the pigs present knowledge and present different issues or present the commandments as like the rules that you have to follow. But then they change them. But then, of course, the animals don't know because the only knowledge that they have is what the pigs either tell them because they can't read or because a lot of them can't read, or just because, like, what 
or just what the pigs tell them because they don't have the memory to remember what happened prior? I think this idea of like propaganda that's used by so many governments throughout history for like different to perpetuate different ideas. Um, we see this in one of the commandments, and I think it's ironic that this is one of the commandments that actually stays constant, whereas a lot of the others are changed, and that's four legs good, two legs bad. And the sheep, they, they at first can't even understand the, the way it was originally put, so it was put in very, um, very basic language for them to understand, and then they latch onto this, this commandment, and they just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it, and I think that really helps the power of the government to stay to stay as it is because the sheep so blindly as sheep do follow the power they or for example when the commandments are being questioned by other animals or are about to be questioned the sheep then chime in with four legs good two legs bad and no one can say anything otherwise and this constant bombardment with propaganda with this phrase this really simple phrase is really what helps the, or hinders the um, farm. Yeah, I mean, as you said, one of the really repeated, I guess, rhetorics, yeah. I think throughout it was that four legs good, two legs bad. And so through that, you would think that they were very against having anything to do with humans and leading as Mr. Jones did. However, at the end of the novel, it, I mean, it ends with a chilling passage where... Clover notices something odd about the humans and the pigs uh, when, and then says that no question now what had happened to the faces of the pigs. The creatures outside looked from pig to man already. It was impossible to say which was which, which shows that although this thing was like so like repeated throughout the novel, ultimately they almost turned into the humans, turned into what they were, I guess, escaping from and... Originally, it started with this like idealistic idea of freedom and equality. In the end, it just ended up with the exact thing that they were trying to escape. And I suppose this might be going slightly off topic and definitely bringing into philosophy, but isn't that almost like a perfect analogy for human beings? Is it possible for us to achieve this idealistic society without people taking advantage of, I don't want to say weak-minded, but of those who aren't as intelligent or educated or those who enjoy other people thinking for them, is it possible for us as humans to achieve such a goal that the animals are trying to achieve an animal farm or ultimately power, will power corrupt? Absolutely. I don't think it's anything to do with the intelligence or it's not necessarily the main thing that causes the regime to to emerge. Um, I think it's more to just to do with human nature, um, which is ironic because all the characters in the novel, uh, on the farm at least, are animals, but this goes back to the to Orwell's sort of use of allegory, for example, like Napoleon is Stalin and Snowball is Trotsky, for example. Yeah, I suppose uh, within our human nature we have a predisposition to be corrupted by power. I don't think it's necessarily possible, just thinking back through history, um, for a person to get into power and 
not be changed by that. Yeah, because I mean, the pigs went into it with like a revolutionary idea and ended up adopting the ways of the ruling class, which they sought to abolish. To what extent does Orwell employ themes of memory, memory to perpetuate the idea that history will always repeat itself? And do you think this is the main theme or is there a different theme to the novel? Well, I think the main theme isn't history repeating itself. I think what he's trying to get across is that despite this utopian society might all work towards, we are still humans and we still have human nature and thus when we get power we are corrupted by even the best of us. I mean, the pigs start out as naive but good and they have good intentions but even in the end, Napoleon becomes a dictator-like figure who kills multiple animals on the farm in his quest for power. Also, on the topic of memory, almost all of the animals, apart from the pigs, have very bad memories, so they weren't able to remember things of like major significance, such as like uh, the pigs saying that they should build the windmill over and over again, and using that multiple times. And, I mean, in my opinion, the memory of the animals in Animal Farm is not suppressed, but just unreliable, as they are animals, and they're not the most intelligent creatures. The pigs manage to take advantage of this memory problem and they also make changes in the seven commandments that had been established when the animals took control over the farm to like gain more power. So do you think it's the animal's ignorance almost that ends up in the power being able to corrupt or do you think it's the, the power of the pigs themselves? Not necessarily their ignorance but more their naivety yeah. in their blind trust of Napoleon who like Fiona says, assumes, controls the farm. And also this idea that they can't read or write. Their memory is bad, and that does allow them to be easily manipulated. The pigs are the cleverest, smartest animals on the farm, and that's why they manage to convince all the other animals to follow them and to do what they say. It's said multiple times throughout the novel that the pigs are very persuasive, very articulate, and have this eloquence to their speech that is very convincing and helps helps them to get their ideas across and their points across. I don't think it's their ignorance, though I think naivety can be argued to be ignorant, but I think it's more that they're just, they're so reliant on Napoleon and the pigs to lead them and this fear of Mr Jones coming back who so badly treated them that they don't, they'd rather give up their freedoms to stop Mr Jones from coming back and, you know, just go on, go on with their life, listening to Napoleon. So I suppose you could argue it is ignorance to an extent, but I think it's more so naivety than anything. It's a recurring theme in most of George Orwell's work, the sort of uh, naivety which gives way to uh, dictatorships and oppressive authorities, you know, seen in his, his later work, like literally like a few years after with uh, 1984 when it's Big Brother, you know, exact same sort of thing, erasing the past. It's something which he likes to play with and it's really interesting when you see it in two different settings. Yeah, controlling speech and language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also the way the, the pigs make them confess, almost as if they remember having done something which they haven't even done which is so similar to 1984 um 
in which people are made to confess as well for things that they haven't done, and also believe in. So in the book, we see how the pigs take advantage of the memory problems um, through making changes in the seven, seven commandments that had been established when the animals took control of the farm. Katrina, how else do we see this in history, like in real day events? Okay. Yeah, well, of course, um, it's a reoccurring thing throughout history, people manipulating their words or changing things when it, when it suits them. Um, there are many different examples of this, and I don't know if I think raises a really good um, question about it, it's not it's not explicit that they change it they just change or add a word and just that one word or that one interpretation changes the entire meaning that um all animals are for, uh, all animals are equal but some are more equal than others um no animal shall lie in a bed with a mattress or, or with a blanket or whatever it says um it's it's important because if you look in if you're looking in the past you might look at uh, for example American Constitution and Congress, of course, that was created very. It was created back in the eighteenth uh, century, um, and the most notable um, example of it would be the Second Amendment, uh, Second Amendment of the rights, um, the right to bear arms. Of course, at the time, that was important. It was a, it was a, you know, a personal right to bear arms. But at the time, you know, there was duels going on. You know, there was gunfighting and they were they had a civil war of course pretty soon after the amendments so um over time the importance of the amendment has been lost but the meaning of it has been twisted in multiple ways right to bear arms just means a right to defend yourself and i think it's been convoluted over time in america to mean kind of the right to you know have a gun with you at all times or the right to be able to hurt or inflict pain upon somebody and this is kind of similar to what Orwell does on Animal Farm with um, the Seven Amendments. So. Um, like, uh, I know one of the commandments was no animal should kill another animal or something of the sort. Without due and the, yeah, purpose. And then it said without due purpose as they, they change it. So I guess that sort of links back. And also the fact that Snowball himself was injured by a gun, by a human, and then later on the pigs become humans. Exactly, it, it, it's all a, it's a massive testament to Orwell's amazing writing ability to reflect um, really topical issues of the time. So Zayna, what to what extent do you think memory has been used as a fear tactic? Um, so after the rebellion, the pig who emerged and became the leader of the farm was Napoleon. Now the pigs are seen as the ones who are intelligent, the, in, the most intelligent out of the whole group um, and Snowball was one of the pigs who was um, who was awarded an animal hero first class badge after he contributed um, in the Battle of Cowshed and he was seen as this heroic figure however after, after Snowball had been uh, cast away um, Napoleon used him as a way to exert his power over all the other animals um, so when Napoleon gave his speech partway through, he said that um, that what happened with Snowball and what he did wasn't true, and that their me memory had actually deceived them, and that's not what he actually did. And in reality, Napoleon was saying that Snowball was just trying to get them to trust him because he was still in connection with Mr. Jones. He was still with Mr. Jones. However, um, one of the animals, Boxer, sort of questions the fact that. Um, 
he says that this doesn't actually happen. He even says, I don't believe that. Um, Snowball fought bravely at the Battle of Cowshed. However, Napoleon sort of tries to defend himself and he states that that was a mistake, comrade. What, he, what Napoleon is trying to do is sort of get everyone on board. So he will do anything to eliminate even a suspicion of doubt that Snowball was this heroic figure, that Snowball was doing good. Um, because if he doesn't, then all the animals will start to think for themselves and they won't follow his yeah. rules. And in turn, um, sort of all the rules that Napoleon has put forth won't really yeah. be, no one would actually want to listen to them. Which is obviously, you know, what we saw in the communist regime, really. And we see it in the Nazi regime as well, when you have these dictators rise to power, they get rid of their opponents, and so they can't be challenged for power. And like Katrina was just saying, it is a credit to George Orwell for being able to, to convey that in his writing. Um, does anyone have any views on that? I mean, as you said, this... What happens in the book can be seen in so many real-life situations and the novel as a whole is actually an allegory that reflects the events of the Russian Revolution of 1917, where all the animals are representations of different Russian politicians, voters and workers. And through the book, Orwell uses it to make his opinions on Russian leaders heard. More generally, Animal Farm also stands for any human society, whether it is capitalist, socialist, fascist, or communist, which links to what you said about it being seen in like communist regimes and the Nazi regime and many different, uh, I guess, political situations or just human societies across the world. I mean, I think in my opinion, the main message that we can take away from Animal Farm is that power corrupts, corrupts even when it begins as idealistic. I don't know if anybody else like agrees no, or disagrees. I well, so I guess in psychology we've seen how different use of language, so different words, can really affect people's recall of a situation. And so I guess that's one way in whatever type of regime it is that political leaders have been able to get a whole country on board with, with whatever, or at least compliant if not on board. So I guess a question that that sort of raised for me was how language can be manipulative and how it can be used as power that eventually leads to corruption. I think language definitely is a tool for power. I think if you can control language, if you can control what people say, if you can control what they know, because if you think about it, language is how obviously we communicate with one another. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. But when you can control the narrative, when you can control the conversation or the dialogue, you you do have an upper hand. It's what many people who manipulate others will do. They'll try and control the narrative or whatever, or the dialogue between people. So I think 100%, and you see it, for example, in Handmaid's Tale, it completely breaks down unity between Handmaids because they're given basically a script as to what they can say. And if you can do that within a given society, you definitely have the upper hand. If you can tell people what to say, you can, t you can say what, you can control what they think as well and what they know and what they have access to. And if you can restrict that, if you can restrict their language, if you can restrict the right of free speech, for example, um, you can completely control a group of people.
So, I think I'm going to debate this a little bit. In Orwell's other work, other most prominent work, 1984, he puts forward this idea of newspeak. So, really condensing the language down to a few core words that can then be expanded to mean certain things. And so, I think when I read that, I thought that you, even if you take away the words themselves, there is still an ability to think with that the people can still articulate their, well not articulate, but think the thoughts without having to express them within words. So do you think that it's language itself or the ability of the people to think that eventually ends up to corruption? I mean, I think that of course the ability to think is really, really important, but a lot of what we think and what we, I guess, know comes from communication of other people. And even if you think like really, really complex thoughts, if you don't have the language to articulate this, there's no way of getting that out into the world and to other people. And it means that the majority of the population isn't going to be able to, I guess, take advantage of, let's say, this like wondrous idea that you have that you just can't articulate. Or even like, I don't know, having a rebellion, if you don't have the words or like a revolution, if you don't have the words to describe that and to describe what to do, it can be very, very difficult. Of course, you can always create new words, and that's what we see all the time happening. And you see it when like new situations arise, like COVID nineteen. We've seen like a huge rise in like new words, and so of course that is like a possibility. But in the case of Newspeak, I do think that that limits what they can actually do because you can't do everything by yourself. So even if you yourself are thinking something, collaboration, I guess, is needed in order. I to have like a bigger influence and in order for that to happen you need language. And of course you can come up with new words but if in a society you're not allowed to do so or you're restricted or you get punished for doing so, like Fiona said, it doesn't matter how much you think, if you can't articulate those thoughts to the wider population then you can't bring any change. So bringing this back to Animal Farm, do you think that because the animals, a lot of the animals can't read, can't write, then this lack of communication just serves to fuel the pig's power. Yeah, 100%. I think um, one of the times we see this is when Muriel, the dog, she reads one of the commandments out to Clover, the horse, yeah. Um, she asks, oh, what does this say? And, and it's about the pig sleeping in the bed because they've now found out that the pigs are sleeping in the farmhouse. And she says, no pig or no animal should sleep in a bed. And then she adds with sheets to the end of it. So clearly, first of all, Muriel seems to be aligned with the pigs anyway, but it shows that, you know, the use of language was definitely manipulated to keep the pigs in power. As well as language, what other devices do you think the pigs employ to maintain dominion over the farm for such a long time because we know from the book that it goes on over generations and this also contributes to the loss of memory that those who are now in the in the society just simply haven't experienced it altogether and therefore haven't had the opportunity to forget um napoleon takes away is it it is the puppies isn't it yeah yeah it is yeah from their mother to rear them and to you know we don't know later on what's going to happen to them Mm -hmm. but then we find out when they're in the forest and they're after Snowball, that he uses them as a way to 
sort of let everyone know that what I sort of sort of to let everyone know that he's in charge and that he has the power. Um, so again, in reference to Napoleon, yeah, yeah. But again, it just shows how intelligent the pigs actually are, mm-hmm. because if we look at it as a hierarchy, the pigs are at the top. Yeah, and the fact that they now and they're really smart anyway. So the fact that they're using other animals against their own in itself is just sort of showing that um, they'll do anything to stay in power and they'll do anything to make sure that what their sort of regime is, what they've come up with is, will stay. And it shows how much they're starting to become like the humans, um, which is, I think, one of my favourite parts of this book at the end when you can't tell the pigs from the human beings. Which is just um, quite ironic to me because they started off with this whole idea that they were going to um, build a better world for animals. They kind of sort of um, go in line with what the humans are and you can't, you can't really see where the line is between both because both are so corrupt at that point, especially with Napoleon using his own kind, Snowball, against everyone else. Yeah, and George Orwell is definitely satirising um, the, the Russian Revolution, really, which is when he was writing this. This idea that, you know, the Tsar was lazy and other people weren't happy and, you know, they were abusing their power. And now those who are rising to be communist leaders are also doing the exact same thing. So, yeah, yeah I mean, in, like, tying in with the Russian Revolution, you can see that the animals' unhappiness represents a class struggle in the revolution and this eventually leads to the rebellion, which... I guess offers some sort of equality or what they hope to become equality and you see this in the novel but then of course the pigs actions allow inequality to come back into the farm and the animals each represent like a different section of the society at the time so of course the pigs represent the leaders and other animals represent the like people who don't know about stuff and aren't getting information and therefore are able to be suppressed I think that really what we need to do now is to analyse the quote. Um, some animals are equal, but more, some animals are more equal than others. And how A this great really quote. <laughs> links in with what we've just been saying. It just sort of shows again that um, the pigs are sort of the exception to the rule because um, later on we see that they sleep in beds, whereas was it in the commandments they said that that wasn't allowed yet? that's an exception to the pigs mm-hmm. and also the fact that they're allowed to drink the milk and eat the apples as well and then uh, and well the rest of the farm starves literally yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, it just sort of shows in itself the um what's the word for like oh. imbalance like inequality the imba- yeah, yeah the inequality portrayed between from the pigs perspective as well and what they're doing as well as all the other animals and again that's what george Orwell was trying to show i think it's crucial. We don't forget that this is an allegory for the society that George Orwell was in. And, you know, that we look at the characters as constructs, but representing real life people. This idea that um, there was definitely an inequality. There was definitely some people who had to follow the rules, but not everyone had to do that. And that always tends to be those in power. I think there's always going to be a power imbalance because as we've seen with the recent incident with Black Lives Matter, with what happened with George Floyd, there's always going to be a 
power balance between authority and those that are not in authority. For example, some police officers are not good, for, as we saw with the George Floyd incident. But because there was someone had recorded what had happened, I think more people were willing, were gonna, were believing what had happened and how serious the situation was. Instead of if it wasn't recorded, then they may not have believed what what had happened because it was because there wasn't any physical evidence, so it could have been false information. You know how they they caught it on camera. You said, I think a lot of memory and the way people manipulate things and people actually stick to the truth as well is by having a physical evidence yeah. of something that's happened in the past and because the animals don't can't read so they don't have that physical evidence that once was written one commandment and now something else is written in its place i think this really helps to perpetuate the pig's ideals because they just can't and they don't have any evidence it sort of feeds into the fact that it will just help the pigs more because the animals, even though they've been taught how to read and write, will never really understand and that's a benefit and a gain for the pigs because then they're able to put in force their rules and stick to what they believe is right. Um, so yeah, I pretty much agree with that. Yeah, so do I. I think that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Lucy, what do you think are the main takeaways from today? So I think going on with the theme of memory, I think... What Orwell is trying to portray in Animal Farm, with it being an allegory for a communist society, is that the lack of knowledge and the lack of memory of the animals to retain that knowledge eventually leads to power being so one-sided that the pigs are able to manipulate the animals into believing things that aren't true and that haven't happened in the past. And that we should heed what Orwell is trying to say in this book, in our own societies. Thank you for listening to the Well Spoken podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us next time where we will discuss the Disney princesses and their relationship with feminism. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>